Hey, howdy, space nerds. Thanks for tuning in each week as we explore space exploration. Don't let the conversation stop when you reach the end of this episode. Let's keep chatting online. We've launched a new Facebook page to host discussions and share the latest space news. Find us by searching Are We There Yet? podcast or visiting facebook.com slash awtymars. I'll see you there. From the studios at WMFE in Orlando, Florida, this is the Space Exploration Podcast that asks the question, are we there yet? Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. Nicole Stott calls herself the artistic astronaut, and for good reason. She's the first person to ever paint in space. Nicole was in the NASA astronaut corps and flew in space for over 100 days, flying on the shuttle and spending time on the International Space Station. She tells me she took a small watercolor setup to the station with her to keep her busy during downtime. Now back here on Earth, Nicole uses art to inspire the next generation of scientists and space explorers, using it as a springboard to talk about all the cool tech in space and what's ahead for space exploration. She even joined the Space Suit Art Project, a collaboration with kids battling cancer to create a flight suit made with their art. Nicole says it helps them think about something other than their treatment, and it also helps them realize they're part of something so much bigger, something out of this world. So what inspired Nicole to do what she does? Well, I met up with her during a recent visit to the Kennedy Space Center's visitor complex to ask her how she became an astronaut and what inspired her along the way. Well, well, there's a little bit of mystery to that, I guess, you know, how anyone gets selected to be an astronaut. But, I mean, my background was growing up with a dad who built and flew small airplanes. As a family, we hung out at the local airport over in Clearwater, Florida, and so got that kind of that passion for uh, flying in my blood. And that led me to, you know, want to know how things fly. So uh, earned a degree in aeronautical engineering from Embry-Riddle up the road from here and and then engineering management with UCF. And all of that kind of coming together to end up working here at Kennedy Space Center with NASA. And um, it was kind of a long path to figuring out, is astronaut even a thing that I should consider? And I had seen the moon landing. My parents shared that, you know, the excitement of that with me too. But as a kid, I I just never really thought there was anything like reality about that for me. That's something other people would do that were lucky to get to go, you know, fly in space and walk on the moon. And why was that? I don't know because nobody ever told me I couldn't do it. It was nothing like that. I just think it seemed so unreal that, and maybe I just wasn't smart enough at the time to realize, hey, I could possibly do this. But... I did know as I was pursuing this, you know, this knowledge of how things fly that if you want to know how things fly, why wouldn't you want to know how rocket ships fly? And here's this really cool place called the Kennedy Space Center right across the state from me. And why would I not want to work there? And, um, and that, that became the thing that I think ultimately opened up my eyes to the fact that flying in space, being an astronaut was a possibility and after speaking with people that I consider to be my mentors that worked out here, they encouraged me to pick up the pen and fill out the application. And I cannot, you know, say enough, thank enough those people because I think they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Mm-hmm. And so I try to tell, you know, kids, first of all, if you're interested in something, pick up the pen and fill out the application. But um, there will be people in your life that will see more in you than you see in yourself. And you need to listen to them because good thinking 
Yeah, I mean, the good things can happen when you do that. <laughs> do you consider yourself one of those people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I hope so. I hope people consider me that person. And, and I have, uh, you know, people that I've had one-on-one -on -one relationships with that, you know, encouraging them, answering their questions, kind of following them through university and then on as they, uh, you know, in their careers and what they're doing, whether they want to become an astronaut or not is not necessarily the thing, but um, feel really fortunate to have those relationships. And then also, you know, like coming to a place like the KSC Visitor Center and being able to speak to just large groups of people, kids, you know, little girls, I think, who need to see women doing things that they might think are unimaginable or unattainable. And, and hopefully in doing that, there's one or two people that, are encouraged by you know my presence there. Did you have a woman that that you could look up to during that that first time where you thought about becoming an astronaut or, or going through the training? Did you have a female figure that you could say, hey, I want to be like her? You know, I think a number of them, and some of them weren't even astronauts. They were just people that I really looked up to, admired. Um, there were certainly those you know the early uh, you know female astronauts that were selected that I think for all of the women astronauts, they were kind of this like, wow, look at what they, you know, there are women in the astronaut office now. So, and for all of us coming in in the time when I did it, about 2000 was when I was selected to be an astronaut. You know, most of those women were still around with us and wanted to share their experience. But I, I think of everybody from my mom who very, you know, is a very strong woman who, very talented woman, you know, supporting me all along in uh, what I wanted to do, my sisters who had no desire to fly in space but were willing to support me, and you know certainly teachers along the way and colleagues out here with NASA that it's really hard to pick just like one person that stands out that way, but they're there. Now, you've spent over 100 days in space. I think it's 103, right? Is that your... Um, 104, but there's this really great line from um, Rocket Man, but who's counting? Well, apparently you are, my friend. But, yeah, if you want to get it, yeah, 104. <laughs> I want to go back to that. <laughs> I want to go back to that first day. What was it like on that first ride to space, and what was that moment? Describe it to me when you knew you were in space? Oh, wow. There's, you, you know, there's certainly the time out at the launch pad where, you know, you're strapped in a couple hours before actually feeling that 7 million pounds of thrust behind you. And it really isn't until the 1098 where you get any sense that it's actually going to happen, you know, and then it does. And that's kind of a blur. I mean, it's this impressive, almost overwhelmingly dynamic ride on the, the space shuttle to get to space. That's, but that's a nice way to put it. It is. It is shaking and rad. I mean, you feel like jello inside, and, you know, of course you got the woohoo and the smile and the mm -hmm. high five with your crewmates going on as that's happening. And uh, But eight and a half minutes, I mean, it's still to me, it's so difficult to believe that from zero to eight and a half minutes is all it takes to get into orbit around our planet. And to be going from zero to five miles a second, you know, 17,500 miles an hour and just falling around the earth. And I think the thing that stands out to me the most is just that shift from that just drastic change from riding on solid rocket boosters where you're shaken and you almost can't believe that you can shake that much to this just peaceful, liberating, quiet, you know, almost gentle floating of your arms and wanting to get out of your seat and feel how your whole body is going to feel doing that and just amazed I think that human beings are able to do this kind of thing. Now you spent some time on the International Space Station. What was the hardest thing to get used to of, of living and working in that kind of environment? Uh, 
It was so cool to live there. I mean, everything, I look at it like, you know, you don't want it to be just like it is down here on Earth. You want there to be this kind of adventure aspect to living and working in space. And it certainly was that. I think to live and work in microgravity, the most challenging thing is keeping track of your stuff. Um, you know, that's why we have, you know, Velcro is on everything, you know, you want some kind of way to attach it because you let go of it and think it's just going to be floating there in front of you and it just finds its way somewhere else. So keeping track of your stuff is kind of difficult, but, uh, you get, you get the hang of that. Um, I think the, the thing to me though, when I think about a challenge or difficult is that, you know, you don't have your family there with you and you are in a place where, you want your family to experience it. You want your friends to be able to experience it. You want this to be something that more and more people can, even if it's just five minutes floating there and looking out the window, you want them to share it with you. And to me, that was probably the most difficult thing was that, you know, I was there getting to do this and all these people I really care about haven't had that chance yet. And that, that's a good segue to, to what else I want to talk to you about. You I read that you were inspired by the view that you saw up there, so you took to art to kind of create that so you could share it with other people, right? Yeah. Can, can you tell me about that inspiration and, and how that kind of, how that evolved and, and became you know, the artistic astronaut now? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it started out a little bit, um, you know, without any plan, I think. I've always enjoyed artsy, craftsy kinds of things. I've always liked painting. Uh, And thankfully, our ground support team think about us in ways that we don't before we go to space. You know, we're typically concentrating on the tasks that we have to do and not wanting to mess up and being, you know, making sure we're ready for the mission. Um, But they think about things like, hey, Nicole, you're going to space for three months. You might want to think about the time when you have some free time up there, what you'd like to do. And so I brought this little watercolor kit with me and had the chance to paint while I was in space. And only one time painted one. And of course you can't sit in front of the window and paint in space because what you wanted to paint is gone before, you know, you have a chance to finish painting. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. I'm not that good, you know, and this is all purely experimental anyway. And so, um, you know, I had a picture I had taken through the window. It's my very favorite picture of this little chain of islands on the northern coast of Venezuela. It looks like somebody paint already had painted a wave on the ocean down there. And so that's what I did with my watercolors. And then, you know, a few years later, as I was thinking about retiring from the office and thinking, like I think all astronauts do, okay, how am I going to uniquely share this experience, which I think all astronauts who retire feel obligated to do that in some way. Um, I just kept coming back to that painting in space, and I knew I wanted for fun to paint when I got home, so why not use that as a way to share that view through the window, to share a little bit about the, the hardware, you know, and, and do it in a way that I hope will open up to audiences that don't even know we have a space station. And, of course, I find it hard to believe that somebody could not know we have a space station, but to to speak to audiences that don't necessarily know the wonderful things we're doing in space and how important they are to improving life here on Earth. And then I like to flip it, too. And I think the chance I had with my own eyes, like heart, to see Earth from space, I want to share that, too. And, you know, a little lesson in Earth appreciation, maybe, uh, you know, from that perspective. i got to take a step back, because you said you brought a watercolor set up to space. And I'm imagining (laughs) that that wouldn't be the easiest medium to use in space. How did that work out? You know, it it worked out actually quite well. You have to be a little bit deliberate about how you, you know, that whole keeping track of stuff Mm -hmm. in space. It's a little bit of that and, you know, organizing yourself to be able to, to just paint in general. 
And then, of course, watercolor, you have to dispense water in order to do that. And so I'd just be really careful with my drink bag, you know, up through the straw, squirt out a little ball of water and and then take the brush. And what was so cool, because of microgravity, surface tension behaves a little bit differently, which is why you get that ball of water to begin with. And you could take your brush and just touch it, you know, touch it to the ball of water. And all of a sudden, that whole ball of water was now a ball of water on the end of your brush. And then you could mush it out around in the paints. And it was like the paint would suck the water off the brush and get mixed up. And then you'd stick your brush back in, and the colored water is now in your brush. And then the paper wanted to suck up the water. It was really, um, it was a really cool experience to do it. And, and it actually wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be, just different. Again, like, you know, most things in space. And somebody asked me later, you know, wouldn't it have been easier to have, like, use acrylic paints or something like that? And I think it might have been easier to paint with them, but the cleanup would have been, you know, a much bigger mess um, with the acrylic. So the watercolors were kind of a neat, a neat experience. And I'm very thankful to my crewmate, Bob Thirsk, who thought to even take a picture of me doing this. I have one picture of painting in space. And if I had the chance and if you could find a way for me to go back, I would be happy to paint in space again and videotape the whole thing and talk about the science of it because I think there's a really cool science lesson in painting in space. And, you know, not to mention um, kind of the human side of it of just human beings living and working in space and really living there, you know, experiencing it like a human being would in a place that they live. So where's the painting now? The painting is at my home. And so, and I have exhibited it in different places. And I think that will be with me forever, if not on display someplace, maybe. Um, I've had some people ask about purchasing it, but I don't think I'll, I'll do that. We'll make some copies. (laughs) <laughs> now, were you a painter before you went up there, or was that just something on a whim you said, ah, maybe I'll try painting? Yeah, I well, painters probably, I, that's probably, um, I don't know, I don't want to, like, speak out of term, and I don't want to, like, be disrespectful to people who really are painters. Were you creative you know? before? I was, and I did like painting, and I had done some watercolor painting before, I had, you know, I, woodworking, anything kind of craftsy, artsy, I enjoyed doing. And and I really like painting. And so, um, I, you know, I think back now, I feel really fortunate. I'm very thankful that I thought, okay, watercolor kit would be the thing to take because it was it was a cool experience to do that. And it certainly has been that wave, that picture of the wave, the painting of that. Um, it, it's been the inspiration for me to, you know, continue with the artwork, at least as a part of my... I guess, platform or way of sharing the experience. Now, how are you using it to inspire the next generation? You mentioned before how you you try to use your painting and your art to inspire people that might not even know we have International Space Station. How how do you do that? Well, I think, you know, there's the backstory to it. So here's, you know, a person who flew in space, paints, and some of the things, you know, some of the things I'm painting are, you know, they're of Earth. So if you didn't know I had painted an image based on what I'd seen in space, it might not seem quite as attractive to you. I I don't know. Maybe you think it's pretty for whatever other reason. But when I have the chance to share those paintings and then share the backstory as well, it's really cool the connection that you make with people, both from an artistic standpoint, but also, you know, some of these people that I'm talking to that are of that group that maybe didn't know we had a space station or maybe didn't know what we're doing up there, I really think they become the most interested. They're the ones that then want on their phone to have the application that says when the station is flying over. And they want to know who those people on that space station are. And just being able to 
engage with somebody and share my own personal experience and then tie it to something that's connected to them. And art is just a wonderful way to do that in all kinds of audiences, you know, not just space. Um, and then I've had, um, because of the spaceflight experience, but also because of doing the art, I've been invited to participate in some projects that I think are so much more meaningful than anything I've ever done. And I believe totally in what we're doing in space. I think everything we're doing there has huge value. This, this idea of improving life on Earth is what I, I think we go to space for. Um, but now having the chance to, for example, I've worked on this project it's called the Spacesuit Art Project and got tied in with a gentleman who's an artist um, and the director of the arts and medicine program at a cancer center in Houston. And to be able to work with him and the kids that are in the in treatment at the pediatric cancer center there and take their artwork, you know, it's not about my artwork then. It's about them, what they're going through, their pieces of art, and then work with our spacesuit company and have them quilt together a beautiful spacesuit out of all of these kids' artwork. And then they understand that they're part of something bigger than just them. And we've taken that global, too. We, we mapped it to... The International Space Station Program, we've gone to the partner um, headquarters cities and we've painted with kids there and with the astronauts and cosmonauts there. And then we've brought the artwork back. And the first suit was called Hope. Um, this third one that's built from all the international artwork is called Unity. Mm-hmm. And then in, be- in between, we had a flight suit version, like this flight suit I'm wearing here. We had the kids paint right on it. And that actually flew to the space station. Um, one of our astronauts, Kate Rubens, wore it up there. It was like, honestly, it was like the first art exhibit in space mm-hmm. to see this beautifully colorful spacesuit against, you know, the backdrop of the space station and to have those kids, you know, some of them had painted on it right there in Mission Control talking to her from, it's just a really powerful thing. And I think there's, there's opportunity in what we do in space that's not just about what's happening in space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an inspirational aspect to it, whether it's the spacesuit or talking to these kids about what they see their future to be. And, and space is a wonderful way to engage like that. And then you throw art on top of it, and it becomes super cool. <laughs> now, you have a unique perspective of, of viewing our planet, viewing the Earth from, from being up in space for 104 days. I stand corrected. <laughs> Not going to live it down, dude. I'm not going to live it down. Not you, me. <laughs> what, um, what do you want people to take away from, from your art, from what your perspective is of this earth? Well, I want them to walk away um, with a couple of things. One is understanding just how you know, beautiful our planet is, but the fact that we are all on you know, this same planet. Um, It is perfectly placed to take care of us. Uh, We have an obligation, I think, to do the same for it, but not just for the planet, but for each other. And, you know, the other side of the planet is not that far away. And we really have to start coming to grips with that. We are all in this together. Um, This is a place we have to respect and take care of. And that depends on us take care of, you know, taking care of each other as well. Well, Nicole, this was a fascinating conversation. If you do find a way into space to paint again, please take me along. I'll be your first, your I first student. I would love to. I would love to. Thank you very much for your interest as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. You can check out some of Nicole's work on her website. It's npsdiscovery.com. Now, it's also worth mentioning Nicole is a University of Central Florida alumnus, much like myself. So I must say, go Knights. 
That's going to do it for this episode, but join the conversation online. We've got a Facebook page. Search for Are We There Yet Podcast. Or you can take to Twitter. The show is at AWTYMars. Get it? Are We There Yet? And I'm at Space Brendan. Support for Are We There Yet? comes from the listeners of WMFE. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more space news online at WMFE.org slash space. And until next time, I'm Brendan Byrne. Thanks for listening.